0: It's your boy Robert Purvey on Purvey's Point Talking about dad life today Dads are very important in the life of every kid And today I have some dads, surrogate dads Men who've been raised by dads and father figures To talk about dad life It's Purvey's Point and I'm your boy Robert Purvey What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Purvey's Point uh, Super excited Every week I get a chance to do this Every week I get a chance to uh, jump on this platform And just share from my heart uh, My viewpoint on just things in the world Things on my heart, things on my mind And with this being Father's Day weekend coming up I decided just we gotta do a show about fathers And so I couldn't invite every uh, guy I knew that had kids Or was a father figure to kid I couldn't invite everybody Because I don't have Enough microphones So what I did <laughs> I called some, some gentlemen I knew that have A special place in my life In various areas So uh, a co-worker a Best friend Since I've been knowing Since I was a kid And a best friend I've known Since I was in college That are all uh, great men doing great things that have kids that are being father figures to kids. And so today, we're just going to have a, a conversation about dad life, what men in our lives have done for us, and what we have the opportunity now to do for kids in our lives, kids that we've had, kids that we're father figures for, all that. So every episode is usually about 30 minutes. But today, we're going to rock it for about a good 45 to an hour because I believe that we just have to talk about um, the importance of fatherhood, and the gentlemen who I've in, who I've invited, we are gonna have a great conversation, y'all. We we, we we got a pastor, we got a doctor, we got a therapist. Yeah, you know, the, the conversation you never know where it can go, and because they're they're all men. And they like they real men. They not cookie cutter men. They, they 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 real men. They not these, uh, 2022 men. They like they, you know, these 2022 <laughs> men. You never know what you gonna get. You know, you know, <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> you know, you don't know what you gonna pull out. And so, uh, but these are real men. And so, with me, I got my boy uh, Reginald Jordan. I got my boy Jeffrey Hubbard, and my boy Andre Washington. Y'all, w- w- welcome to the show. Thank Let's you for having me. Right, let me see if my effect is right. Hello. I got it right. That's the clap. Okay. That's yeah. the clap. The clap. <laughs> one the ones and two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to make sure my, my colors is right on the board. <laughs> and so, man, we're going to have a great conversation today and just about fatherhood. So it's, it's a popcorn conversation. No really uh, direction on who talks when. We're, gonna, we're just going to vibe. Uh, the conversation we've been having here at the house even before we jumped on has been very organic and uh, we've been talking about a lot of things and so... I want to start the conversation off uh, by everybody just saying um, who you are, what you do, and what did fatherhood look like for you growing up? Who you are, what you do, and and what did fatherhood look like for you growing up? It don't don't matter who you start. I'll start with Jeffrey. All right.
1: So, who I am. My name is Jeffrey Hubbard. I'm a medical doctor. Uh, My emphasis is on preventative health and Uh, You know, really teaching people how to live a healthy lifestyle. That's what's really I'm passionate about. Uh, Growing up, man, my my father passed away when I was young. He had a heart attack when I was two years old. So it was primarily me and my mom. Um, But I was kind of raised by a village. You know what I mean? So I had uncles. I had a grandfather, too. I had a lot of, uh, you know, play uncles, right? Uh Uh, Influential guys that my friends' dads were very influential in my upbringing, you know, my, a lot of close friends and uh, colleagues of my mother really played an influential role in, in teaching me the ways of being a man, and, um, you know, I'll be honest, man, I I learned a lot from movies and TV, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I love when J. Cole talks about Uncle Phil, you know what I mean, because it's like uh, Family Matters and Fresh Prince and The Cosby Show and, you know, those were, you know, really dynamic examples of black men, you know, when we were growing up. So I identified with those individuals as well as the people that was kind of just in my walk from Boy Scouts to church to school and so on and so forth. So uh, just blessed, man. Blessed to, you know, not be a statistic.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 That's good. Not sure. My name is Reginald Jordan. I'm a psychotherapist and my job is to help people heal wounds. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, deep. And so for me, fatherhood looked uh terrible. It looked like absenteeism. I didn't see I didn't meet my father till I was 16 actually. And uh just being a man in general looked very angry. Mm-hmm. A womanizer. People that had a lot of sex. That was my idea of what a man was. That's that's the environment I grew up in, mm-hmm. and so I didn't have a lot of examples of what a real man was, especially a father. Many people that I grew up with, many people in my family, didn't have a father. You did? I, I did? I didn't see what a good father looked like. The best example that I had was probably my uncle. My one of my uncles had kids of his own that he wasn't taking care of, but for some reason took a liking to me and it was a very odd thing I don't know why but um he was he was just a good man and I spent a lot of time with him and that was the best example I had of what a father looked like it was the closest example I had hmm. and um, I that was something that I I knew the impact early on probably I would say from like age 11 12 I knew the impact of not having a father which yeah. is really young to understand the impact and I understood it deeply. And I made a vow to myself that I would never be like that, that I was going to be a completely different man. And if, when I had kids of my own, I would be a good father. Mm -hmm. And so God gave me the ability to see that throughout my life. What, what a good man, what a good father looks like here and there. And I modeled basically myself after those men that I saw in my life. Mm -hmm. And um proud to say, I didn't end up as a statistic as well. Yeah, late. man. Yeah. yeah. No, because I was definitely on that path. Yeah. yeah sure.
3: Salute, man. Yep. Well, fellas, my name is Andre Washington. People who are close to me, they just call me Dre. But Pervy call you Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <call> <laughs> He's the only one that calls me Dreyfus. And I respond to it every time. That's, that's my dog. Um, I have the privilege of being, I would consider myself more in a an associate pastor role, minister. Preacher, particularly in the area of pastoral care, which means that I get to show up for people when they suffer loss. Mm. Um, and we can do a whole podcast on, on yeah. that in and of itself. Um, fatherhood for me, growing up, it wasn't too bad. I mean, my dad was in my life. Um, a lot of who I am today has been shaped by what I saw him do um, and and who he still is. I mean, even now, I mean, if you met my father A lot of my mannerisms, my tone of voice, I mean, everything. I mean, it's like he's an identical twin of mine. Hmm. Um, Good man. I saw him work hard. Um, But the, the difference is him and my mother, my biological mother, they divorced when I was around seven or eight. So I was what you call the every other weekend baby. Mm-hmm. So it got to a point to where I only saw pops every other weekend mm-hmm. on Wednesdays and sometime in the summer. So I, I grew up in what society would call a broken household, especially mm-hmm. amongst black folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why when it comes to black folks, everything got to be so broken according yeah. to society standards. Um, so I, I think there are some things I may have, have missed out on, but to be completely transparent, I'm not quite sure Mm -hmm. what that may have been uh, because I wasn't with him every day. And so because of that, and he didn't do anything wrong. It's just him and my mom split up for whatever reason. Um, Maybe about a year ago, he decided that he wanted to tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But prior to that, he attempted to tell me twice, and I told him I didn't want to know. as It relates to why him and my mother divorced. And so I finally decided to humble myself, hear what he had to say. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm still trying to process that, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. And so all of that to say, seeing what happened between my mom and my dad, seeing the man, who he is, who he was, or whatever, it put me in a position to where I said, I want to be sure that my children mm-hmm. grow up in a home. because I have three with both their mother in their father. And mm. I put a lot of work and a lot of effort into my marriage because I don't want to be a guy who's gotten divorced. Yeah. Because um, I've seen it happen to my father. So but outside of that, man, in terms of manhood, yeah, he, he's the man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what so. that is, you know?
0: I love it, man. And so, like, to everybody listening that listens to Perry's point, um, the reason why I brought these brothers on because you see it. You see it from fatherhood from different angles. Uh For me, um, my dad is my hero my, my my dad has been in my life from day one my dad is my dad is a, a dad of dad's he's everybody else's dad right if you meet people that I was grew up with they all know my dad they all have stories about my dad and how mm-hmm. my dad is just that that type of guy right and he's been that and so the beautiful thing about this conversation and you guys will see it, and or you guys will hear it as we go, is that you have different perspectives. But everybody at this table is an upstanding black man that is doing things for their kids and even for the kids of others. And so this conversation can go different ways, but the crux of it is what dad life looks like. Dad life looks like a man who is committed to his kids, to his family, and even to kids that sometime may not even be his own. Right. And so, to ladies, understand, h- hear me. If you are a woman listening to this podcast and it just so happens you're keeping your kids away from their mm-hmm. father because of something between the both of y'all, like, heal that. And Reggie, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but heal that because you are hindering uh, something in that kid that, that needs to be birthed in this season of their life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are a woman and you and, and the kid's father are divorced, um, create more time. For their kid to spend with their dad, right? But on the flip side, if you are a man and you're listening to this podcast and you are not spending time with your kid and your excuse is their mom won't let you, fight for your kid. If you are a man and you're divorced and separated and you're not spending enough time with your kid, make time. But if you're married, if you're married, if you're a married woman, married man, listen to this podcast. You'll hear some things too that how you should uh, fight for your family and create time. So you're going to hear from all different angles. And so um, I've asked the question of what the fatherhood look like. And so y'all just want to have a conversation, y'all, and we're gonna go for it. We got enough time. That um, what what do you guys think is lacking in culture today? In the area of fatherhood Like like what's lacking in culture From my perspective I'm, I'm going to start it off And y'all just jump in We're going to have conversation This is not formal as a podcast So we're going to talk As if we went on these microphones yeah. Alright so like I think what's lacking in culture With fatherhood I, Honestly I think you're seeing stats Actually show uh, that millennial fathers Are actually stepping up more That millennial fathers are starting to step in more into the role. Uh, Y'all watch sports. Uh, Over the last three or four years, when you watch the NBA draft, and these boys uh, get drafted, it's not them and their mamas. Mm -hmm. It's them and their dads, right? And so you're seeing a lot more of that. But I think what's lacking um, in fatherhood for me, from my angle, is a lack of compassion. Mm. Like, we have to teach our kids, not just young boys, teach our kids what compassion and love looks like. For years, we've, we, we've heard that fatherhood is about teaching your kids to to be hard not let nobody mess with you, to be tough and learn how to fight and be rough. When in reality, like, I think fatherhood and culture needs to be more of the father uh, protecting his kids by listening and pouring into and affirming, right? That, that's, that's my perspective. What do you guys think about that? Like, what, what you think is lacking in fatherhood today in culture? I think it's compassion. But for y'all, what do you think?
3: And I'll jump in. I think, I mean, I think it's several things, and I think we all would agree to that. But one thing that I'm seeing is trauma. Mm. Mm -hmm. We as black men, due to things that have happened to our ancestors and things that are even happening now, from a historical perspective, um, even from the perspective that we have now, we're carrying a lot of baggage as it relates to trauma. Mm. And sometimes that shows up in unhealthy ways while we're trying to parent our children, especially if you have boys. Mm. Well, especially if you have boys. Mm. And I have two boys. I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. And how I've, just to be practical, because mm-hmm. I know Perri's point, you got to be practical. Absolutely. Um, How I've seen it show up in my life is because I grew up where I grew up and seeing some of the things that I've seen. It's the you got to be hard. Mm -hmm. It's the don't cry Mm -hmm. type of stuff.
0: Where'd you grow up Dre?
3: Oh, Cliff, baby, kiss the ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I still know how to throw it up. <laughs> he, he knew he was going to get a kick out of that. He knew I was going to get a kick out of that. But seriously, man, like it was, we handled our issues by, all right, let's box, let's mm-hmm, fight. You
1: yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just like men. Yeah, yeah. And, and
3: and that doesn't define manhood. Yeah. Because I can throw hands. Yeah. So now that I've, I've worked through that, so now I teach my boys. You know, you can actually handle conflict by just telling that individual how, how you feel. feel. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: mm-hmm. and and it won't sh- it won't make you less of a boy or a man if you say you hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. But if
0: you have to throw hands
3: you must. Yeah. <laughs> and you that know, is you know what I was to think. Right. Cuz I promote Cliff <laughs> So it's in your DNA
1: an right. But but outside of that, yeah. if you decide to turn
3: other Chico, that, that's not friend, your only answer you know? What yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want my trauma of having to defend myself in that manner yes, sir. to carry yeah. over to my children. Yeah. That's that's the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah.
1: really really powerful point. Let me let me share a couple of things I was thinking about when you said that. So You know, we talk about all the time, like in the Diagnostic Manual of Psychiatric Illness, there's something called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And that manifests itself in so many different ways, right? So recently, there was a sister who um, presented this concept of PTSD, post-traumatic slave disorder. Oh. (laughs) And, man, it was knocking people's socks off. Yeah. Because they couldn't refute it just because cut mine off right now. Because literally, <laughs> there's something called epigenetics where trauma goes into your DNA. Wow. And you literally, when you release that seed into your woman and you procreate, yeah. they yeah. are taking that DNA oh, into them. Gosh. Wow. And therefore, they respond to trauma. They uh, yeah. respond to certain emotional yeah. stimuli the same way you do, Yeah, the same way you did. Wow. And, man... Uh, um. The reason I was so moved by what you were saying, man, because, you know, I don't have any biological kids of my own, but I've been involved in raising my girl's son for the last two years. And his dad is a Marine. So he's what we would consider as men to be an upstanding, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. he's he's on, yeah. on the square, right? Yeah, right. And so, but his profession didn't allow him to pour into his relationship, romantic relationship, or into his son. Mm-hmm. Because he's focused on getting retired and getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting all of the things that you need to get from the Marines so that yep. your time in the Marines was worth your time. Yeah. But I see the manifestation of how Lil Makai handles anger and handles frustration. You know what I mean? He's emotional, but he's been taught not to cry. Mm-hmm. So when he cries, he like goes in the corner and cries and gets himself together and then comes back and it's like it's nothing happened. And so I've been watching this and I'm like, dang, that's interesting. Like you just got a whooping and you know you was wrong, mm-hmm. but you took that whooping like a man. You cried about it and you came out and you might do the same thing again tomorrow. Yeah, because you are set in your ways in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm having these conversations with him, trying to understand the depth to which his emotions go it always leads back to something about his dad mm-hmm. and a relationship with his dad. And so that just really let me know, man, that there's a lot of trauma that we go through yeah. as, as let's just call it for melanated people, for, for Africans in America, because our dads weren't there in certain instances. yeah, And we don't even know that trauma, how deep that trauma yeah. is right. until you get therapy yeah, and you really pull it out. Yeah most people don't even want to pull it out mm-hmm, they want right. to leave it where it is yeah. and deal with those internal tears yep. and but man it's it's killing us physically yeah so we get 50 60 70 stroke heart attack kidney disease uh cholesterol so, so and it's like i'm seeing these ptsd emotional traumas manifest themselves in the physical yeah, and now you on all these different medicines. You are on dialysis. You are on an oxygen tank. You got cancer. You know all of this type of stuff, and and it's it's really coming full circle when I see what's going on with this little eight year old. You see what I'm saying, and so man, it, it's just been a really eye opening experience, man. You know, sometimes I'm grinning ear to ear. Other times I want to pull my hair out. I want to choke him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, man, you know, it's it's just interesting, and so I can't even imagine. Having my own seed, you know, so I'm excited about that, but I'm also nervous about that too oh, because, yeah. yeah, not to say that I treat him or would treat him any different, but there's a different emotional connection, yeah, mm-hmm. to your seed that yeah, you yeah, you, yeah. you birthed and sure. that you yeah, was there yeah. through the whole pregnancy and everything like that. So, another quick point, man, because I, I want y'all opinion on this, man. I watch paternity court and and all of these different court dramas, yeah, and Mori Povich and we see all of this turmoil in our in our black households where yeah, you know, that ain't my, i ain't the daddy and yeah you are the daddy and I, you you it makes me wonder like not wonder i know these kids hear this stuff in the womb man i know they feel their mama mm-hmm. and the trauma mama feels mm-hmm. the emotional stress their mama feels by not having the full support of the dad absolutely yeah. And and then so how can we expect that child to come out and be an upstanding citizen right. and not go to jail and not go to prison, not beat on his kids and his woman and so on and so forth? When you've been hearing this drama and drama the whole time. So I man, yeah. I, it, it I'm really impressed with all uh, everybody's perspective. So I just want to throw those things out there because that's that's like
0: scientific based stuff. Yeah, yeah bro. That's right in our face. It's at at eighteen weeks of pregnancy, a baby hears their first sounds. Oh, by twenty four weeks, their ears are rapidly developing. Oh, so a baby's sensitivity to sound will improve even more as the weeks pass. So by the time a woman is in her third trimester, that baby is hearing it's, it's everything. A, it's a full person. Yeah, absolutely. It's just waiting to come out. Yeah. yeah so like, Reggie, like when it comes to like what we're talking about, like, bro, I know your insight. I mean, you 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 see this more than all of us. Like, because this is your field of work. Right. So I guess this may be twofold for you. Like, when you see what, if from your field of work and from your experience, what do you think is lacking in culture when it comes to fatherhood? And how do you apply it? How do you make sure it doesn't lack in your own raising of your kids? Mm. Gotcha. Like, like, just based off what you see. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I'm going to tie all of that together. Because one of the things that I see most is probably the inability to ask for help. Mm. You know, as men, we are raised by a culture that says men have it all together. You figure it out. You toughen up. And that shows up in a lot of significant relationships in our lives, probably more so romantic relationships than anything, because all the time, I'll tell you, probably every single day that I'm at work, I'm talking to a couple and the woman. She has made love to her feelings. She's in tune with it. It's, It's a part of her. But then across from her, she has a gentleman who doesn't know how to express any emotion but Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. Any emotion but anger? But But anger. anger. That's the only one. Because that's a manly feeling. Yeah. That's a manly thing. And we'll readily admit that. When it comes to you hurt my feelings, as you were saying, I'm hurt. um, I feel rejected. Um, We we shy away from that. Yeah, There's a thing called meta-emotions. Meta-emotions are how you feel about feelings. Right. Mm. How you, how you, how you feel
0: about feelings, Yep, how you okay. feel about
2: feeling. So in other words, like if I'm, if I'm feeling hurt, I may dismiss that because I, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel hurt. Right. I don't want to feel hurt. Yeah. I, I yeah, I right, feel yeah. Right. That's, that's not a manly feeling. Mad. I, I can feel that. That's okay to feel. But hurt, rejected, dismissed, you know, uh, shoved to the side. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's not how I'm supposed to feel. So I feel kind of ill toward that. So I don't express it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so they shut that down. So here's the thing. You probably heard this before. A lot of men in relationships, you probably heard men are fixers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's actually not true. I'll tell you why it may be true, but it's actually not true. Men are not natural fixers. What usually is happening. I'll tell you, and this is how it shows up in relationships. What usually is happening is that that man is uncomfortable with the feelings that he's getting from the other side. Mm. And because he's uncomfortable, Mm. he hasn't been identified with it from a small child because he's been told to dismiss it. Boys don't cry, that type of stuff. When he receives that type of emotion from the woman, he dismisses it or he wants to solve it so it'll just all go away. Hmm. Let me fix this real quick (laughs) so this will all go away. (laughs) Right. Because I feel uncomfortable with those feelings that you're given because I'm not familiar with them. That's what's going on. So it impacts us from. A little kid, that boys don't cry, that type of stuff, not being in tune with your feelings, it goes all the way up to the level of being and interacting with our most important relationship, right? And the way I've implemented that, for me, myself, and my kids, Mm -hmm. is I allow them to express the emotion.
3: I'll be right
2: there. It's all right to cry. It's all right to feel hurt. It's all right to feel rejected. I understand you can express that because I want them to have a healthy outlet and allow them to express the God given emotions that they have yeah. and not dismiss them. Yeah. And that's so important, um, you know, to the building up of a, a child for them to have that freedom to express emotions. Cause I know one day they're going to be in a relationship and they have to be able to share to the other side that, Hey, I'm feeling this way and not just express it. Yeah. You know, verbally or violently. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right.
1: Yeah. 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 Cause, cause interestingly, Little man was at school, and uh, he came home and he's like, "Mr. Jeff, I, I had to smack this guy today." I said, "Oh, okay, you smacked him? <laughs> he what, had he had he had to smack he him. To smack to smack to. him. <laughs> it's a must." <laughs> <And> <laughs> I said, "Okay, so you know I'm listening to whatever." He's like, "Yeah, he called my mama gay." Mm. And so, I'm, well, you know that she, she not, you, clearly. Not, all and, right. and so here here's the here's the <laughs> interesting part because we had <laughs> a discussion about that. So, because cause I wanted I wanted him to to be rational. I always try to uh, create rationality in yeah. his thoughts, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, first of all, you know, your mama's romantic with Mr. Jeff, so she can't be gay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. But he was trying to defend her honor because mm-hmm. this guy was trying to be fly yeah. or say whatever he was gonna say. Yeah. And so I, I start to tear into him and say, you know, my God, what do we teach you? You're supposed to talk to the teacher. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. You don't put your hands on people. Yeah. But I just gave him a whipping the other day. You know mm. what I mean? So I had to, in, in the middle of me telling him, you don't put your hands on people. I'm like, well, yeah, what, 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 is, what is my example here? Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, <laughs> where is he getting it from? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's really interesting, the corporal punishment angle, yeah. you mm. know, with that. And, and I think that's something that maybe we could improve upon, mm-hmm. especially as a male disciplinarian yeah, right, where right. every time dad gets into the situation, mm-hmm. it's going to be violence. Right, I mean, right.
0: that's, that's what it's been historically, yes, right? right. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the mom comes home and says, I'm going to tell your daddy. And in that's response right. to daddy, daddy going to whoop you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. daddy going to get the bill. Yeah. So <laughs> man, my, well, my eight-year-old twins, I told them maybe a few months back, "I'm not, I'm not spanking you anymore. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not spanking you. Every, every interaction with us disciplinary wise will be verbal. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna verbally talk to you, and I'm gonna take away things mm-hmm. that you that you deem valuable, That's right. right? And and like that, I'm not, I'm not hitting you no more. I'm, I'm not putting my hands on. You. I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not plucking you. I'm not spanking you. Like I, we're, we're gonna talk this out, and you're gonna talk to me about what you did, so you can fully understand mm-hmm. why you're in yeah. trouble, right? And my my son embraces it because he's the verbal one. He's the analytical one. He's the one that don't mind talking, right? But my daughter can't stand it. Mm-hmm. She would rather you whoop her. <laughs> 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 and man, my, my, my my daughter different, man. She, she and, and, and so <laughs> what I'm realizing is is alludes uh, j Jay um, Jeff's point is that with my kids, like verb, I've seen them react better. To communication mm-hmm. than I have to spankings, yeah, right? right, right, right. Yeah. And, and and I and I think the older they get, the more they react to it. Now when they were younger, you know. You pop their little hand, you pluck them a little oh, bit, yeah, you know. But yeah. like the older, they, like because they're they're able to articulate things, right? You know yeah, what I mean? They like, should be at least, right? right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things to where um, Jaden is the kid that will say, "Okay, Daddy, you tell me not to hit people, but you hit me." Yeah. Or daddy you tell me not to talk rough to people But you talk rough to me Dad, Like they come back with those things yeah. wow. So that, so that they force you to communicate And so I think dads have to understand That that you can't just shut things down yeah. But like in, in, in Reggie I'm going to throw it to you And maybe you can help us out And we'll have conversation about it But I think it, it goes to the point If it's hard for men to communicate with their women it's definitely hard for them to communicate with their kids. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, I think, I think that's something to, to talk about there. That if, if dad's mm-hmm. listen to this podcast, like you have to seek therapy, seek ways to learn how to communicate because your kids are watching you and your kids are receiving from you. Like mm-hmm. there's some young girl in, in, in a home that's, that that's, looking at her dad and how her dad communicates. Mm-hmm. How does he communicate? Does he communicate verbally, right. physically, emotionally? There's some young man looking at the same thing. And so I think men, we have to learn how to communicate with our words, not our hands, right. our words, not our uh, anger, our feelings, our emotions, but they actually use our words because kids pick up on that. They do. right. And, and and we're seeing so much in schools mm-hmm. uh how how kids react cuz that's what they're seeing at home and even from the abandonment standpoint mm-hmm. even if dad mm-hmm. is not there mm-hmm. kids are able to see okay mama you bringing different men in or you're dating different people where my daddy right and, and and so and if you're not able to articulate that like so um in my life my 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 kids mother and I are separated right and so having a conversation with my kids, we we talk about that. We have that conversation, right? Like nothing is hidden from them. We we actually talk to them about, you know, what's going on. So like how helpful is it for men to communicate with their verbally? Yeah. yeah. You
2: know, you know, I think this is often dismissed a lot. Like men, you, you can't words don't are not that powerful or I can't get through to a child with just my words. I remember seeing a couple one time. I'll never forget this. I remember seeing a couple one time and the husband's way of discipline was whooping. That was his go-to. Uh, I'll, I'll whoop you. You better sit down. I'll whoop you. And his wife disagreed. And she said, I, I, I'm going somewhere with this. She disagreed. And she was like, I, I don't really like that. You ought to use your words. Right. And he was like, but I, don't, I can't get through to them. This is what they respond to. Mm. And she said, you were teacher of the year. Whoa. All you do is talk to kids, wow. and they follow you. Wow, wow! And he stopped and said, "You're right." Like, like, light bulb That was gut punch. Yes. Yeah, 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 no, that was a nut kick. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> like you can, like get through the kids. And he, yeah. and, and before that moment, he, I, I promise, it was, it was literally like a light bulb went yeah. off. He was like. Man. You're right. Like all he could say was, "You're right." Yeah. Like I yeah. see kids day in and day out, and I'm very influential with getting them to do what I want them to do with only my words. Yeah. And that was so we 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 can't dismiss the 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 power of verbal, not even that verbal affirmations as well yes, building yes, that right. kid up verbally yeah. as well. That's really important. A lot of people that I see with low self esteem and you know trauma and things like that, they haven't been built up verbally. So that's really important just to make sure that you're investing in your kids, not just physical sense, but with your verbals as well, and allowing them to share different emotions with you. I want to take the conversation this way. I I want you guys – I look at the
0: analytics of my podcast, and I have a few men that listen, but a lot of women that listen to the podcast. So I want to take the conversation this way. I I want to – I want you guys to speak to – Jeff, you're in a committed relationship – uh, Dre and Reggie, you're both married. Um, speak to um, the joy of being a man and a, fa- a father in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like and, and what that means, but also speak to the women on how important it is for them to let fathers be fathers. Yeah. All right, that, that, all right. That, 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 that all right. Start. So, 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 so here we go. So, Jeff, you'll speak from the standpoint because you're in, you're in a committed dating relationship. Mm-hmm. Andre and uh Reggie, you're married, right? So, speak to the importance of women listening. How important it is to let the father be the father, or make sure your kid has a father figure. Right. Right. Y'all. Y- 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 I'm gonna give me something to drink. <laughs> Y'all y- y- <laughs> speak. Y- I'll be, be so. back.
1: So this is a nice segue and follow up to what Reggie was just saying. So Makai has been with us now for two years, like actually in the household for two years. So one thing that I wish we would have done at first was like have a family discussion as soon as he moved in. Mm -hmm. Like this is Mr. Jeff. This is what he is. This is what he isn't. This is what we expect. This is what you should do and shouldn't do when he says what he says we didn't have that. it it kind of just had let she just let it happen organically and and honestly i didn't want to overstep my boundaries in right. the relationship to start so i just let it happen organically thinking that yeah. just the the age difference and the the tone and the 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 presence would be enough for him to pick up on not replacing your father but being yeah. a father figure so anyway needless to say i'm sure both of you know it was tumultuous <laughs> yes, <laughs> to sir. begin with you know um there there was a lot of um conversations that he and I had just about who i am and what i expect mm-hmm. but it 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 could have been circumvented by having that as a family because i found out later that he would go back to his mom and be like validating mm-hmm. is does Mr. Jeff get to do this? Does Mr. Jeff get to do that? And so on and so forth. So that was really interesting. But now, man, what gives me joy is validation from him that he does or hears what I say, even when I don't think he hears what I say. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was frustrated. and I was telling her, like, I don't really know how to get through to him because it seems like everything I say, he wants to be contradictory to what I say. And it's almost to the point to where I felt like, you're doing this on purpose, just to like prove to me that you're not going to do what right. I say. Mm-hmm. It's almost rebellious. And so, you know what, I just, just shifted my focus. I said, look, let's not be so like, hell-bent on the discipline, because I felt like from jump, he was out of discipline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He hadn't had enough male testosterone influence to understand... like here's the discipline element and make your bed, brush your teeth, put on deodorant, do, you know, all of these things that I know, if you don't drill it in between six and nine, you're not going to get it. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm really making an emphasis to try to get those key things in because I recognize that I didn't have a male figure in the household at those times. And my mom really drilled it in. And if she had not drilled it in, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would be the man I am today. Yeah. Right. So, um, that that's really what gives me joy. And I think to the mothers, I think you guys just have to be very strategic and very focused about who you let around your kids. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. And yes sir. And I think that I don't I don't think we can say that enough because uh one, all the men that you might find attractive and want to date aren't healthy.
0: And that's, the truth. that's right. In so many different ways. That's the truth. You know,
1: right. we could have several series on just. Yes, what unhealthiness looks like. Yep. And so when you have that around your child or your children, like they see all of that. And the subconscious mind starts picking up certain elements of that. And it, there's nothing you can really do about it. They've mm-hmm. They've embodied or identified with certain things that may not be healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I just try to do, man. I, I you know, I don't wanna be like I like some of our grandparents, you know, do what I say, not what I do. right. right. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So I try to implement all of the things I request of him to do in my own stuff that he sees me do. So if I'm harping on him reading, you need to see me reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm harping on you know, you being disciplined and being clean and, you know, tidy, then when you come in my room, bed needs to be made, everything needs to be, you know, so that the words match up with the actions. Because I think that's one valuable lesson that we all need to pick up at some time is that when you're interacting with people, their words need to match their actions. And that's how you really determine, like, the true essence of a person is when everything is in alignment. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Y'all speak to that. Like, uh, how can... Uh speak to speak to the to the women, the mothers that are listening on the importance of letting a, a father be a father.
3: Let me jump in. Um my thoughts are pretty fresh. So you you had you asked two questions. Mm-hmm. You said, um, how can you want us to explain the joy yeah, yep, of being yep. a father in the home. Mm-hmm. But then the the second side of that is speaking to the women about the importance of letting a man be involved, yeah. right? A father yeah. figure. So what comes to mind for me now let me i don't want to get too preachy but let me get in my pastoral bag <laughs> Come on, <laughs> dig off in the bag <laughs> real quick uh, psalms 127 verses 3 through 5 behold children are a heritage from the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are the children of one's youth oh. happy is the man who has his quiver Full of them. And I got three kids, so my my quiver is quite (laughs) (laughs) full. They should not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So just real quick context and privy, you know, I'm sure we probably all know when Proverbs was written, a lot of times it was addressed to young boys at the time or written by a man. And there's some, one, is actually written by a woman, but to a male. All right. So just keep that in mind. So if children are a heritage, or a gift from the Lord, it is important to have a man involved because, believe it or not, we want to experience that gift as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we do. We we want to unwrap that gift as mm-hmm. well. We're excited about that gift as well. We are, we are affectionate as it relates to that gift as well. Mm-hmm. You know, some people may think we may not be because, you know, the culture says be hard, be tough. No, I, I'm excited about the gift too, just yeah, like a kid is excited yeah, about yeah, opening up Christmas yeah, gifts. absolutely. You know what I'm saying? On Christmas Day. Now, the fruit of the womb, we don't have a womb. It's a reward for the woman, but it's a reward for us too. Yeah, yeah. Because it's our seed. Yeah.
1: It's the fruit of the loin. Yeah. We planted the seed yeah.
3: in the womb. Now, I'm not saying that trying to be uh, chauvinistic in any way, yeah. but it is our seed. Now, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children the ones used. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak. But they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. In other words, we get to be a part of a beautiful process of discipling children, mm. yeah. mm-hmm. of stewarding that gift, so we, us and the mother or the woman, can step back and see them be who God has created yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And so I'll start with this, how I define... And this is rec- a recent definition that I came up with about a month ago. How I define fatherhood is to be a man who who points his children toward God, mm-hmm. empowers them to thrive, and eventually releases them to be who God created them to be. Yeah. Based on this scripture, because yeah. in my mind I'm thinking about the, arrows, the arrow. The arrow. Yep. yep. Yep.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Point them
3: towards God. Yep. That's you know good. What right saying? there. Which yeah. yeah. There are ways we can point children that women just can't. can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there are ways that, just to be clear, there are ways that they can point that yeah, we yeah, exactly. can't, right? Empower them, pull it back. Mm-hmm. Put the power to it and, and release Because eventually we got to let them go. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I so to me, that's for the women listening. That's why it's important. Or yeah. one of the reasons why it's important yeah. to have a man in the farm. I love that. Like, can I get and, on and that? Yeah, hey, come on.
2: So for me, when I think about this, why it's so important? First off, I'm I'm very happy to be a father. Yeah, yes, I, I sir. Get to tell, I'm, I'm man. I'm All day. on a different level because for me, it means I get to change the lineage. I get to change yeah. legacy. Wow. I, I get yeah. to change. Wow. This powerful. is a generational that curse that has been in my family for decades, yeah. probably yeah, yeah, yeah. centuries. Yeah. I get to mm. change that, mm. so I'm a part of something amazing. Yeah. That and that to me is on a why did the Lord choose me to do this? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm so happy. And that and that's my role. Yeah. That's that that's what I'm here to do. And so that feels wow. good. But to the women listening, I think the importance of allowing a father be a father and a man in the home, number one, it's like to me it's like this. It's like the Golden State Warriors winning game six of this NBA finals and going to get that fourth ring. Why is it like that cuz they about to win. Why is it like that? What the game on right now? You know the game saying? on right now. I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. They they going to win. Uh everybody knows their role. Wow. Everybody knows their role. When wow. Curry played like trash in game 4, sure. who stepped up? Everybody. Wiggins. Everybody yeah. stepped up. Why? Yeah. Because everybody knew their Team. role. If everybody wanted to be the leader of that team, I guarantee you they wouldn't be able to celebrate this fourth ring. Mm-hmm. Wow. Guarantee you. So you have to know your role and you have to allow the man and everybody to flourish in their role.
3: That's right.
2: That's 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 the goal. So if mm-hmm. you're not allowing him to be in his God given role, that's right. Then you could possibly be a detriment to the family's generational legacy. Mm-hmm. That's really important.
3: It, it's almost like castrating him sometimes.
2: It is, yeah. yeah. It, it ain't, if if the if ain't no like. in the words of our pastor, <laughs> pastor
3: Carter, if the man chooses to be God's man, and mm-hmm. he a scumbag, yeah, yeah, But yeah. if he choose to be God's man yeah. and he's really doing what he's supposed to do, and yep. you don't, as a woman, don't let him, you, you're almost castrating him. Yeah. So, so, so
1: that's that brings up a really interesting point that I I want to pose to the group. So you know there's this this big push pull right now between femininity and masculinity spe- specifically in the black community right yeah i always wonder if you're not going to let your man be a man and lead why would you even be with him why are you attracted to him mm. why would you have kids with him why would you marry him if he is not suitable mm. to lead you mm-hmm. that sound like you need to find somebody that's suitable yeah right? mm-hmm. so that the balance is is appropriate? Yeah. And the same thing with the guys. Why would you marry a sister who does not support you and is not there as your friend? Right. Yeah. That's right. You know, if, if if you're in a toxic situation and every time you need something, she's unavailable. You don't feel unsupported. Yeah. Who fault is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I, was, I find it so interesting that these relationships actually get together. How do these couples find each other? Yeah. And have,
2: more importantly, to your point, Jeff. When they do find each other and they're having trouble, they can always go to www.reginaljordantherapy.com. I That's love about it. I it. Put that <laughs> in, just
1: so slide that right just on there.
2: <laughs> just in case they're having a little trouble. I like that. I like that. They can that. always go like to that. www.reginaljordantherapy.com.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> and since we plug and I do premarital counseling. Come on. No, no, no. I, they
0: need it. I, to, to that point, bro, I, um, I was talking to some people the other week. I said, I believe the issue in our culture, especially with our women, and in this context, our black sisters, is because we don't have enough godly, That's right. upstanding, morally upstanding men. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we have a we have a lot of men who want to jump into relationships and stake their claim as a man mm. right. and try to dominate over a woman, but they're not God-fearing. Mm. That's right. Now, he, hear me every every man has his proximity to god mm-hmm. right some are closer some are further away but i'm talking about if you believe that that god is god mm-hmm. and you're working on your relationship with him and you're striving, striving to be more like him he will he will exude himself in your that's right. in your affairs and what you yeah, do right? That's right, that's and, right and so I think that we need more men like that. Get, give women better options to choose from, mm-hmm. mm. right? I think. And yet, yes, we can talk, and that's another podcast about what women settle for, but give them better options. That's right, right? And and, and so, w- and, and when you do have the opportunity to be a godly man, be that man godly. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, right. Like in, in every way, and in this context, that if you're going to be a father, make sure that your kids are seeing you respect their mom. That's One issue boy. that I have is with, with with men that claim to be fathers or good fathers, but they're horrible husbands mm. or horrible mates. Right? Yeah. It, it, like, like I don't. If you're married. If you and your kids' mom are separated, or if you're, or, or if you're the exclusive boyfriend, you have a responsibility That's to right. treat that woman with the utmost respect because you are you are showing the kids what they should do, what they should receive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it. Oh, if okay. you never have a conversation with them, That's right. like Layla and Jaden going to see me treat their mom with respect in every way, how I talk about her, how I treat them in front of her mm-hmm. and behind them right. and behind their back. Right? right. Whatever it may be, because I think we need more men that are willing to say, if I'm going to be in this woman's life and she has kids or we have kids together, that my role, yes, is to be a father or a father figure to them. But even some, more importantly, is to respect their mama. Mm-hmm. How I talk to her, how I treat her, how I handle her soul, how I, how I protect her. And the only way you can do that, and I ain't trying to go, we, we can talk about this another day. The only way you can do that is if you follow God. There is the There's no way mm-hmm. to be a godly man if you're not following God. That's right. And I think a lot of fractured fathers mm. are because they don't have a connection to the father. Mm-hmm. Ooh, right? Yeah. A lot of You have fractured fathers because they right. don't have a connection to the father. And when you don't have a connection to heaven, <laughs> it's going to be hell on earth for you. Isn't that the mm-hmm. truth? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and so I think that as we do that, um, it's this last point. we got about 10 minutes, y'all, before we wrap up. It's this... I want to speak to this. I want women to hear this, but I also want men to hear this too. Like yo, like you 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 got to know that um every man has this urge to leave when it comes to responsibility with kids. Mm. It happens to everybody. You yeah, a true story. And it, here's where it comes from. Y'all back me up on this. The when you see that human being come out of that womb. <laughs> it hit like man this is beautiful. Seeing childbirth is one of the most beautiful yes, nastiest things ever. Yes, yes. <laughs> that mug nasty. You know what I'm saying? One of the beautiful nastiest things ever. <laughs> and so, but when you when you <laughs> hold that baby and you you see that that human being that you created in your hands, mm. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's that moment where you get home and that baby is in that, that carriage in the bed, and you like, I got responsibility. Like, it, no nurses coming. Ain't nobody coming to help me. I got responsibility. And as a man, there's a choice you gotta make. Am I gonna stay and be responsible and help? Or am I gonna leave? Because, y'all can attest to this, them first few months, are traumatic for the man because the connection is between the baby and the woman. That's right. Mm-hmm. You ain't needed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Go get the bottle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. let me sleep a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, you're, and, and so, um, and I'm I'm speaking from me and other men I've talked to. Them first six to nine months is rough because it's like you don't need me because you're nursing and you're raising because of that connection you had. Every doctor will say it takes the baby. The same amount of time they were in the womb, it takes them the same amount of time to get acclimated to being outside of the womb. Mm -hmm. So they really don't get acclimated to being outside of the womb until around nine months. Mm -hmm. And in them nine months, they really don't need you. So every man goes to this point that Mm -hmm. when you have to make a decision, I got to stay. I got to stay. I'm speaking to every Mm -hmm. man. Like, it's worth staying. Yes, it is. Yeah. And sticking around for your family.
3: Yes, it is. It
0: is worth it. Like, like. Like I've talked to in, in my years of ministry, I've talked to so many men who regret leaving because hmm. they left for selfish reasons mm-hmm. yeah. and they, re- they, they regret leaving. Right. They, wow. they, they, they regret leaving their family. And one and one um, thing I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let y'all talk about it. Although my kids, mom and I aren't together, they always going to see me. There's not a day that's going to go by. You're not going to see me. We we gonna see each other every day, like we're, we're going, like 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 Daddy ain't gone, mm-hmm. Mom and Daddy just separated. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 Daddy is here, and so it's like it, it, it's it's I gotta ask this question, like what what makes you stay as a father, what 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 makes you stay through through the issues you may have sometimes in marriage, marriage every marriage has it. That's right. Um, through the issues you may have in life, everybody has it. Uh what makes you stay and say i ain't going nowhere i, I i'm I'm going to raise these kids i'm I'm going to be the father they need
2: i I'll start uh simply put i I understand God has giving me the ability to understand and know that this is way bigger than me mm. this is not about me right so I have to sometimes move my happiness, my stress, anxiety, and everything else that comes with raising children aside because this is not about me. This is way bigger than me. That's right. I am a piece of the puzzle and I know my role. God has revealed that to me. So when I think about staying, I think about, well, let me tell you, when if, if I have thoughts about leaving, I know what will happen as a result. Mm-hmm. And I can't perpetuate that. Right. There's been, again, as I mentioned earlier, there's been a generational curse in my family for a long time. And if I remove myself, if I say I don't want this anymore and I walk away, I know what that's going to perpetuate. And I can't allow that to happen. So the, my simply put, my reason for staying is I understand my role in this and I understand what God is doing as a result on a bigger picture. And so that, that's my motivation to stay every single day. about you, Dre?
3: Yeah. Everything he said, but also I lay down with her, so I'm going to stay down with
2: her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's real. I lay down with her. I chose to lay down with her. Mm-hmm. For you. Baby, if you listen to this, she was the one I wanted to lay down with. <laughs> Make that clear. <laughs> <Just stay> clear. <laughs> yeah. But but oh, because man. of that, it is a must that I stay down with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then she went through nine months, and I got three. Yeah. Of. Body change, hormonal change, all this stuff, I would be an absolute scumbag to walk away from Mm. that. Plus, and I'll just say this briefly God had already told me and put the accountability on me when I married my wife. That's my daughter. Which now I have a daughter. Mm. She, she's just one. But still, it, it, it's a lot more relevant relevant to me now because mm. I have a daughter. Your that's wife a, is God's daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's my daughter. And you better not do anything to mess this up because you asked her. Mm. Be with you. She didn't ask you, Dre. Mm. You asked her. and We had kids. Yeah. So if I laid down. And I'm sure everybody know what I mean when I say stay down. We're going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's, that's my thought To every
0: woman listening Get you a man That's willing to lay down with you But stay down Stay with down you. with you You know what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> hey, Don't don't. Hey Sweetheart Listen Don't you settle for less Don't
3: settle for
1: less
0: <laughs> Don't do it if, if he lay down with you Make you sure he stay, stay down, down with, you. with you And if he don't stay down <laughs> You leave you don't lay down <laughs> If he don't stay down You, don't, you lay down. don't lay down
3: And ask him Get up Interview him Interrogate him Like my wife did me <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, last words on this from you, Jeff. Uh,
1: man, I, I echo what you guys are saying. Uh, I'll just also put this in play. In addition to it being way bigger than than you, yeah, right? Yes. You you are a piece to a much bigger puzzle. But also taking into consideration what's happening to your woman. Mm-hmm. All right, like postpartum depression is Ooh. a real thing. Mm, speak on the yeah. And so in that nine months, you're dealing with the newborn you're dealing with a new woman, right? Because yes. after every baby, that's she is truth. a completely she new woman. Is, yeah. yeah, And it's, I have yeah. never been a part of the process. I just know scientifically you're right. she you're, is a different woman. you the right. doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. <laughs> so the you're baby right. I Medically. saw come out wasn't even my baby. You know <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying but, but even like talking to a woman when they come in for checkups after the baby, they're different. Yeah. They different And if you don't put that in your mind ahead of time, you will leave. Yeah. Because wow. you're wanting the same woman you had before oh, the baby. Mm-hmm. You ready to get back to uh, all the the good things that's that good. got you the baby. She ain't interested <laughs> She's in that. She on to the next thing. <laughs> she, she got a baby to take yeah, care right. of. Right. And it's something in her that comes it's natural. That's yeah, right, you don't. She don't have to change. Yeah, sure, she been right. changing the whole nine months. Yeah, so when the baby come out, it's just like, oh, it's time. Yeah, I'm a mama now. Yeah, don't let it be the second baby. Y'all know what the third, <laughs> <laughs> bro. So, and yeah, that's just all I want to say, guys. Is that you know you have to be properly prepared. One of my good buddies, man, he had an unexpected baby, right? Mm-hmm. But what I really love about this brother, man, is he fully leaned into it i mm-hmm. mean he read four or five books before the baby was coming out he has taught his baby portuguese he wow. has i mean he has done a multitude of things to make sure that this young man is on the right track yeah you know what i mean so he's excited to be a father That's like you up. too you yeah. know what i mean and and so many guys like i was talking about the Mari povich's and all of this other world we we are we are presented in the media to not want to be fathers mm-hmm. yeah and so all the people in my circle that I know and talk to, they adore being a father. Yeah. So I love the fact that we can get together as melanated men and have this type of discussion because this is not mainstream media. It's yeah. Your like Draymond say, this new media. Yeah. And so we got to take it upon ourselves to really uh, put out there what it is that really is going on versus what has been a traditional way right. of presenting us yeah. in the media.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. Yo. I want to say I appreciate all three of y'all brothers, and I am um, i say this from the bottom of my heart, and it echoes what Jeff just said. We have to make this type of conversation normal, yeah, mm-hmm. right, because I believe there are so many brothers out there that are doing good, there are brothers out there that want to do good, and there are brothers out there that don't know how to do good, mm-hmm. That's right. and this conversation helps all three brothers, yeah. mm-hmm. right, and I believe that we have to continue this and keep it going, and- in 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 the vein, y'all, I'm creating something. So Purvey's Point is a podcast that I have. I also do a radio show called uh, Real Talk with Robert Purvey. Uh, Jeff is one of my co-hosts on that. Uh, but coming soon, and you guys will hear about it, I'm starting a podcast called I Am Dad. And it's okay. going to be a podcast uh, strictly – uh, about fathers forefathers and uh i mean it's in the works right now you guys will hear about it but it's coming coming soon probably in the end of august early september and you guys will hear different voices these voices you hear now uh they are not being told that they will be on some episodes <laughs> as well uh but uh it, 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 it''s it's from uh it, it's idea of mine that I just believe that there are so many things i hear from others some things out here for couples, some things out here for, for marriage, marriages, but very few things out here for fathers, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be um, a, YouTube, a YouTube podcast uh, called I Am Dad, and so um, we're going to be releasing that soon, but y'all, y'all check it out, man. Y'all make sure, y'all tell everybody about this podcast, um, share it, share it with all yeah, your friends, please. share it with everybody you know, um, that Pervy's Point is just a podcast that's connecting everybody. Um, I want to connect with your heart. I want to challenge your mindset, and I want to change your perspective. And um, I just appreciate everybody who listens. Uh, Once again, thank you to Reggie. Thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Andre. Thank you all for challenging um, men to be men and challenging women to let men be men, but more important, let them be fathers. Thank you all for being great fathers. Thank you all for being great father uh, figures. And we're going to keep doing this together. We're going to keep having the conversation. We're going to keep motivating, and we're going to keep making uh, fatherhood and dad life normal Yeah. Alright so until the next time Y'all we're going to get to this game Reggie's already said that Golden State okay. Going to win tonight and uh, he looks to be true Right about now but we're going to get to this game But until next time uh, Love God, love people love And you show enough love, you love, love yourself you so. Perry's point, peace Here.